Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, Can we give just Matt and Todd a hand for that amazing VBS video. That was incredible. I I am always so impressed and excited to see uh, what Matt comes up with for those videos. And uh, Todd, I think you might have a career in acting. That was awesome. (laughs) It was wild. It was wild. Uh, Awesome. Good. Well, um, this morning, before I jump into the message, I did want to give a um, announcement of just a change that we have here uh, coming up at the church. And um, just want to honor, uh, so Lauren uh, Kazell uh, has been on our team here at Newport as our administrator for the past two years. And uh, we have been so blessed to have her serve in that role. Um, she's helped with a lot of behind-the-scenes things uh, on a Sunday morning as well as during the week. Um, and uh, we've just been really thankful to, to have her serving here. And uh, we are in the process. She is transitioning out here. So this will be our last, her last week here with us. Um, so can we just give her a hand just for uh, all the work that she's done? So Lauren, thank you so much just for how you faithfully served. We are just so grateful that we've been able to have you the last couple of years. And with that, um, our new administrator is going to be a familiar face. It's actually going to be Rachel Souter. Um, So Rachel is going to be actually coming on full-time with us because she's already our children's ministry director. Um, So we are really excited uh, to have her here and to have her serving alongside us. Uh, So with that, if there's anything that you would have in the past gone to Lauren for, so if you needed to uh, use the building or um, had something for the newsletter, any of that type of stuff, uh, go ahead and send that to Rachel. So her email address is up there. It's just rachels at newportchurch.net. Um, you can send those things over to her, and Rachel will take care of it for you. So awesome. All right. So this morning, um, we are kicking off a series that we're going to be doing here, uh, particularly us as pastoral staff. I think um, Larry will probably touch on it a little bit, uh, and Brian Souter is also going to be speaking here this summer. It's going to be really fun. Um, he'll probably touch on it a little bit as well, but um, particularly Matt, Shane, uh, and I, and uh, Megan might hop in here too when she preaches, uh, are going to be speaking about living with zeal this summer. As we were looking ahead to... Uh, what God has for us next. We just really felt like this is a summer where we get to live with zeal. There's so much that the Lord is doing here. There's so much that he's doing in our region. There's so much that we get to partner with him uh, in. And so we felt like this is a great time for us to really focus on what does it look like to live with zeal for the Lord. And so uh, just as we get in here, I want to read, this is kind of the the verse that you probably think about um, when you think about living with zeal. Uh, So we're going to go to Romans 12, 9 through 13. Uh, And it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And as we were... As I was reflecting on that this week, as I was thinking through that this week, um, I just kept thinking about how summer is a season of transition for so many of us. You, you kind of hit that point right around, probably right around now, this week, next week, um, before Memorial Day, where you are 
you're starting to get into that summer mindset, right? It's that, okay, we got vacations coming up, we've got kids coming out of school. Um, you know, here at the church, we have um, some amazing things with VBS and the Mannheim Compassion Project and the church cookout and EMT at the end of the summer uh, and uh, the SENDS that's happening this year. So there's a lot of things that are happening this summer. So we're kind of in this, this couple-week period where we're starting to transition into summer. And something that's really on my heart for us is that we transition well. Because there can be something where you get into a season of transition and you kinda, it catches you off guard. You're like, oh, wow, okay, things are different. Life is different right now. Um, or you don't realize it and you get a month or two months in and you wonder why does, like, I just feel out of sync. I feel like things aren't, uh, like there's just, I'm out of rhythm with things or um, I'm not being as productive as I wanna be. Uh, you know, there's all these things that can kinda come in in seasons of transition. And uh, as I was thinking about the transition aspect with going into summer and just thinking about how do we get to a point as people where as we transition, we don't get distracted with all the things that can, you can get distracted with when you transition, but you keep that level of zeal in you for the Lord. You keep that level of, all right, I'm going to make the one thing that really matters the thing that really matters this summer. I'm going to make, keep the one thing that really counts, the one thing that I really want to put my focus, put my heart into. Uh, I'm going to keep that at the center going forward. Um, so Zeal, uh, I normally don't give the like, Webster's Dictionary definition, but I'm going to do it today because I thought it was good. Um, so zeal is to have the great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an object. So when you think about going to the summer, do you have a great energy and great enthusiasm for what the Lord is going to do this summer? Is that something that is, is kind of welling up and are you expecting that, hey, this summer God is going to move. He's going to do something. It's not just about vacation. It's not just about even good things like, um, you know, the Manhattan Project or the Jesus rallies. It's not just about those things. There's something that God wants to do in me and through me this summer. And are you filled with expectation around that? So my goal is by the end of today that you are filled with expectation, that you are excited for that. So we're going to we're going to dive in here. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.1, so a really common verse when we talk about seasons, just says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So there's a time for everything. So I was thinking about um, transitions, and uh, I thought about this story that happened to me a few years ago. I was uh, hiking with a friend, so we had planned this trip out that we were going to go on. And we were um, going to, to Switzerland, and in Switzerland they have these, they have like hundreds of these huts that are in the mountains that you can hike up to. Uh, and they're, it's like beautiful. It's kind of like somebody took a bed and breakfast and like a camping, uh, you know, bunkhouse, and they mixed them together. So they, they like feed you, which is great because you don't have to carry your food up the mountain, which is always a good thing. Um, and uh, you get to like, it's kind of like a destination hike where you like hike up, you sleep, and then you come back down. And so my friend and I were planning for this. We were getting excited about it. Um, I had looked up the hike before we went and um, was a little bit uh, ambitious in what we could do, probably realistically. Like the, the, they give you like a ranking and it's out of six and it was like four. And I was like, oh, I'm in pretty good shape. I think I can, I think I can handle four. Um, and then it also gave you a time of how long should this hike take you. And the time was four hours and 45 minutes. Um, and I still remember that, and you'll find out why. Uh, it was four hours and 45 minutes, and I thought, okay, I'm in pretty good shape. Like, I'm in my mid-20s. I bet you, and my, my friend that I was going with, he's in pretty good shape. Uh, I bet you we could do this in like four hours. Like, we could knock this out in four hours. Um, I'm, I feel pretty confident about this. Um, so we, we started this hike, 
and it's beautiful. You know, just what you think about, you're going through like pasture land, you got snow-capped peaks in the background, um, life is good. And we're going along, and we get to this point where, you know, if you've been hiking in the mountains, you kind of get to these different ridges where like you kind of see the next ridge that you have to climb to and the next one. And we were like almost four hours into the hike, and I thought, okay, this is great. Like, we're probably gonna go over this ridge, and right there, there's gonna be this hut that we're staying at, and um, it's gonna be great. And we get over the ridge, and we look, and there's this tiny little speck up between two peaks, probably like 2,000 feet higher, that we all of a sudden realized that's the hut we're hiking to. And it was in that moment that I realized we are not going to make it in four hours. And eight hours later, <laughs> when we finally did make it, we were uh, quite, uh, quite tired. And there was several points. I've never actually had like a real moment where I thought I might die. But there were a couple points on this hike where I thought, I might die. I don't know if I can make it up this mountain. I am so tired. Like, we got to this point, there were switchbacks going up the mountain, and like, they weren't huge. Like, it was probably from like here to the end of the stage there. And like, I would walk to the end, and I would just stop and like, feel like I was ready to collapse. I was so out of breath and just so tired. And uh, so we finally made it to the top, um, and it like, during it, it had started, it had gotten foggy, it had started snowing. Like, this beautiful hike had turned into something that was not so beautiful for the two of us. So um, we, we got to the top, and once again, I was a little bit ambitious in planning for this trip, and thought, okay, the next day, so this would be obviously before the hike, the next day we're gonna hike down, and then we're gonna hike up the mountain next to it, that's also like a three, four hour hike that it said on, three or four hour hike it said on the internet. Um, so we, we got up, and I looked at my friend, and I said, I can't do that tomorrow. Like, there is no way I'm hiking down this mountain and then back up the one next to it. Like, we're going to have to find a place in town. Um, and so that's, that's what we ended up doing. But there was something with that trip uh, that I, it was, a, it was a good life lesson. And it was that when you're hiking in an altitude that you are not used to, you have to acclimatize first. You have to get to a point where you are, you've adapted to the environment, you've adapted to the place that you're at, and you're able to actually breathe normally, you're able to respond normally, uh, your body has kind of caught up to the transition. Um, because in our case, we had flown in, we spent one night, and then we hiked the next day. Um, and we had gone from sea level to, uh, this was, it wasn't like a crazy high mountain, I think it was like 11,000 feet, but it was high enough that at 11,000 feet, we were feeling it. Uh, and so, there's something about transitioning that it, it, it requires a moment to pause. It requires a moment to look and say, okay, what do I need to adjust to in this season? What is the thing that you know, the Lord is doing? What is he calling me to in the season that I need to take a second? I need to catch my breath. I need to let myself adjust so that I don't get worn out, so I don't, I don't get overly ambitious. I don't get burned out trying to climb this mountain. And I also don't miss out on the next opportunity because I'm so stuck in this season, I'm so stuck on what's happening in this season that I miss the next one, that I miss the next thing that the Lord wants to do. So as we go into summer, my challenge for you is to think through, how does the Lord want me to transition? What does that look like? What is he calling me into? What's the, what's the atmosphere? What's the environment that he's calling me into? And what does it look like for me to transition into that well? So as I was thinking about this, um, I'm... I'd started studying something called the Babylonian exile, which we're gonna dive into a little bit today. 
Um, and I got to this point in Jeremiah that I was like, huh, this is really interesting in light of transition. So we're going to dig, dig into it a little bit today. Um, but just to give you some backgrounds on what the uh, exile was. So um, if you remember the story of King David, so King David was a, uh, a man after God's own heart. So he was a great king. Um, he loved the Lord. He served the Lord. You know, he wasn't perfect, um, but he was somebody that, you know, the scripture says he was a man after God's own heart. Um, and he had a son, Solomon. And Solomon started out pretty well, um, but through uh, a series of poor decisions, especially um, just he had like 700 wives, which seems insane. Um, so he had 700 wives, and his wives brought in idols, and through bringing in idols, his heart turned away from the Lord, is what we read in Scripture. Um, and because of him not serving faithfully, we read that um, the Lord said, I'm going to split the kingdom. I'm going to take it away from you. I'm going to split it into two kingdoms. Um, and because of his father, David, it didn't happen. Um, in Solomon's time, it happened to his son. But the kingdom of Israel ended up getting split into these two kingdoms. And after that, things just went downhill. There was just king after king after king that turned away from the Lord that didn't follow him. I mean, if you read through First and Second Kings, it's literally just, and this one reigned for this many years, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Like, it's just king after king after king. There's a few kings in the south kingdom that uh, did follow the Lord, that did try to turn things around, but overall, the progression of Israel just went downhill and downhill. And what we see then is God sent prophets to Israel to try to turn their hearts and to warn them, hey, if you keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen to you. Um, and Israel didn't, didn't listen. They didn't uh, listen to what the prophets were saying. Um, and things just continued to get worse. In fact, at one point, they actually had kings, the kings of Israel sacrificing their children to, um, on altars to other gods. So this is like the low point uh, for the nation. And so God sends Jeremiah and says, hey, this is what's going to happen. Because of your unfaithfulness, we're going, I'm going to send you into exile. Another nation is going to come. They're going to take over, and you are going to leave the land that was the promise that I gave to you. Um, so if you can imagine that, the, the heartbreak of this was their promised land. This is the land they had fought for, that their fathers had died for um, to get them there. And the Lord was saying, because of your unfaithfulness, um, I am going to bring judgment on Israel from another nation, um, and I'm going to take you from this promised land to another land. So with that, uh, Jeremiah writes a letter to these future exiles. He's like, all right, this is what's about to happen, but here's what God is going to say about the season that you're about to go into. So we're going to pick up in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 4. It says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle there, and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will send to you I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. I will give you, I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So God tells the Israelites, all right, this is what's going to happen. Um, you're going to go into exile, but while you're there, while you're in that season, here's what I want you to do. I want you to plant, I want you to, to, to basically settle in this land, and I want you to seek the good of the land that you are in. And I think what's really telling for this is up to this point, if you read scripture, normally God is saying, hey, I want you to be separate from the nations around you. I don't want, because he knew that if they weren't separate, and they weren't separate, what ended up happening is um, he knew that if they didn't separate themselves, they were going to start worshiping the idols of the land they were in. Um, and so in Jeremiah, there's almost a shift of saying, okay, like you've, you've already uh, failed and not <laughs> keeping yourself separate. But in this case, I want you to plant, I want you to settle in this land, and I want you to seek for the good of the place you're at. And I think the thing that is so encouraging about that um, is that for many of us, we, we may not get to choose where we're planted in this next season. We may, we don't, you know, we don't necessarily get to choose what's coming next. We don't necessarily get to choose everything that's going to happen this summer. Um, but there is a part where we can still seek the good of wherever we're planted. We can still seek the good for those around us. We can still surrender it to the Lord and say, all right, what do you want to do in this season? What do you want to do in this place? And what ends up happening with the Israelites while they're in exile is some of the most incredible stories of God moving in the Old Testament. We have Daniel in the lion's den where he uh, is, you know, he's elevated this position of power um, and he's, you know, has all this wisdom and favor on him from the Lord. Uh, it ends up uh, being thrown in the lion's den um, because of his commitment to the Lord, because he refuses um, to not seek the Lord, um, to, he refuses to, yeah, not, not seek the Lord. Uh, and uh, so we have this whole, whole story with him um, of his faithfulness. And what do we see? At the end, the king of the land ends up proclaiming that Daniel's God is the true God. And we see the same thing happen again and again, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We see it with uh, Nehemiah, with Ezra, with Esther. Like there's all these stories of God using his people while they're in the season to make his name known. So the question for us then, and I, it was really funny, as I was thinking about using this, I was like, this feels like a really extreme example to use for summer, right? None of us hopefully are going into exile. None of us are hopefully going into to some sort of captivity. Um, but there's something about uh, when you're in seasons and transitioning and changing our mindset to, okay, this isn't just about doing life as normal. This is about, okay, Lord, what are you calling me to next? What is that next thing you're calling me to? So one of the, the things that um, I think is really helpful when we think about uh, kind of doing life normally, because once again, the Israelites, they weren't in this season of, you know, we read about in um, Joshua where they're taking the promised land, and a lot of times there's this movement um, that we see. And in this season, really, they were being planted in a place for a little while. Um, and so kind of looking and seeing, okay, how are they faithful within that? Um, and just in thinking through some of my own story and some of what I've noticed in my life. There's seasons where when you intentionally look for, okay, God, who are you putting in my path right now? Like in me doing life, in me doing normal things, this isn't, you know, 
crazy stuff where I'm like doing uh, mission trips or doing like, you know, there's a very intentional, which are amazing seasons. Like it's great when you get the opportunity to do that, but just day to day walking with the Lord, what does it look like um, for me to have a heart for others in that? Um, and I was thinking about a, a story um, where I was traveling um, with some friends and we got on a bus and all of us were kind of in a season of intentionality. So we were really thinking through, okay, what does it look like for us to be intentional and do ministry as life, life as ministry? Like not separate the two, but really try to live um, with both of those things. Uh, and we um, were sitting there and there's these two British guys that were sitting behind us. Um, and we just struck up a conversation. Like it wasn't, we weren't trying to evangelize. We weren't trying to do, um, you know, anything other than like, hey, here's an opportunity to talk to somebody that's not from our country um, to get to know them. Uh, and within that, um, we like ended up, we were going for a hike. We invited them to come along with us. Um, the next day we got to spend the whole day with them because um, they were visiting. So it was like a, a good connection of like, hey, let's explore together. Um, and through that, the Lord just kept putting out, how are you going to be intentional? With this, like, what is the opportunity that you know? What's the door that's going to get open for this? Um, and so, just kind of waiting on the Lord's timing in that, waiting on, okay, here's somebody I've met. You know, we're we're getting to know them. We're getting to uh, like kind of get to know one another. Get to like we've had, you know, they were uh, kind of more thinkers, so they were asking us some questions and things like that. Um, but really looking for, okay, where's that open door? Um, and our last night with them, um, we went out and. Uh, we were just talking over dinner, um, and the Lord started opening doors in the way that they were asking questions. Um, and so these guys that, once again, they were from England, so like they were familiar with who Jesus was, um, but there's these doors that started to get open where we got to ask some intentional questions, and then they started asking us intentional questions. And through that whole evening, uh, there were just moments where like basically I got to share the gospel from the beginning to the end with them because of just that intentionality of, okay, they ask this question, now I get to respond and like say, well, what about you? Like, what does that look like for you? Like, what have you heard about Jesus? Like, who, who is he to you? Um, and just those moments of finding intentionality within normal life. So once again, this wasn't something crazy. This wasn't something where like we were out doing street evangelism. This was just finding that opportunity while we were already doing something to say, okay, Lord, we want to be open to how you move. We want to be open to relationships around us. Um, so what does that look like? So this summer... I just encourage you to hold that open um, for what is the Lord calling you to? So where is he planning you? So like asking the Lord, okay, this summer, what, is, what do you want the summer to be about? Is this supposed to be a time of rest? Like, is that what you're calling me to? And if it's supposed to be a time of rest, that's amazing. What rhythms do you need to put into your life for that? What does that look like? Um, maybe it's a summer where God's saying, hey, I really have something I want to call you to. I want to call you to a deeper level of uh, intimacy with me. Um, I want to call you maybe to like a more missional lifestyle where you're looking for those opportunities, where you're intentionally finding people that don't know me and you're building relationships with them. It's really easy, I think, for us to, especially when we go into to seasons that are a little bit less structured, um, to kind of just get comfortable. Be like, all right, like this is good. I'm just going to spend time with family. I'm going to like... Uh, you know, spend time with kids, which is all great. Like, that's, those are good things. Um, but we can miss the opportunity within that of, okay, what does it look like for me to also be intentional in spending time with people that don't know who Jesus is? Uh, yesterday, we had our, our young adults retreat um, at Westgate with a lot of Dove churches. And um, I went to a workshop, and they were talking about something called Orcos mapping. So I don't know if you're familiar with that. I wasn't super familiar with it. 
Um, but essentially what you do is you draw a circle on a piece of paper and you put your name in and then you start drawing connections to all the people you know that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that don't know who Jesus is. And the idea isn't like to bring you know, condemnation or anything like that. The idea is to strategize and say, okay, who are the people that I am coming into contact with on a regular basis? Who are those relationships that God has placed in my life that don't know Jesus? And how can I be intentional with those like, what does it look like? And it doesn't mean that each person, all of a sudden, you're going to call them up and, like, share the gospel on the phone. Maybe, maybe if that's what the Lord calls you to. But um, oftentimes, it's just the next time you see them, asking them an intentional question of, okay, like, what's going on in your life? Like, how's, how's your week been? How's your day been? And then looking for that opportunity when they say, yeah, it's actually been a really tough week. Like, this is going on. Like, I've had a really, like, my family's really struggling in this area, or, like, my kids are having a hard time. And then taking that opportunity and saying, hey, can I pray for you? Like, can I just take a second? Can we stop? Can I pray for you right now and just spend, a, spend some time? Um, I believe that my God moves. I believe that he wants to intervene. Uh, can we take a second and just pray about it? So looking for those connections. And the cool thing, so Oikos mapping, you don't just map out your personal connections. You map out their connections. Because the idea is when somebody encounters Jesus, they share it. So you think about the woman at the well. She encountered Jesus, so Jesus comes to her, and, you know, they have this conversation, and uh, he ends up, like, basically prophesying, telling her about her life, telling her about, uh, you know, the fact that she had been married all these times, and that the man that she was living with right now wasn't her husband, Um, and we see her have this encounter with the Lord, and then what does she do? She goes and she tells her entire village about it, because she just encountered who God was. And so the cool thing with when you share the gospel with somebody that doesn't know it and they encounter who God is, is they're probably going to go and they're going to tell other people about it. They're going to tell their family and they're going to tell their coworkers because it's exciting when you encounter who Jesus is. It's exciting when you encounter uh, this God that loves you and that wants to encounter you. And I think for those of us that have been in the church for a little while, we can kind of forget that. We can forget how exciting that is. We can forget how much, uh, you know, we what a blessing it is to get to share that with other people. Um, so I just encourage you, if that's something where, it's been a little while since you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't really know the last time I've had somebody in my life that's been close that doesn't know who Jesus is. Um, once again, this isn't a, a condemnation thing. This isn't something to, to come down on. This is just something to say, okay, so what are your current spheres? What are your current circles that you're in right now of people? You know, you have your, your coworkers. You have uh, people, maybe if your kids play sports, other parents. Um, you have these different areas what would it look like for you just to be intentional this summer about, hey, who can I connect with? Who are the people that I could uh, get to know a little bit more? And once again, it's, it's not coming from a heart of like the first time you, you have to share the gospel right away, but it's coming from a heart of God loves them. Let me get close and let me look for the opportunities for what he might want to do. And honestly, I mean, we all know this. It's fun to get to do life with people. It's fun to get to spend time. If you have something you love, like I love the fact that at Newport we have things like pickleball and softball, and we see people bringing in other people into those environments. What an amazing opportunity. Like if you love to play pickleball, what a better way to like spend your time uh, getting to know somebody, getting to spend time with them, um, and then just looking for opportunity of, okay, in conversations in between games. You know, I know, Darwin, you've shared different times where people have had really good conversations in between games, and it's opened up doors. Um, and I just think there's something about looking for, okay, God, what are the passions? What are the, the things that I love that I could go and I could do with somebody that doesn't know you? And I could just spend time with them and look for the op- open opportunities.
So Jen, you guys can actually come up. Um, so this morning, I want to take some intentional time here um, as we're closing up. And uh, just encourage you, if you're here with a spouse, spend some time doing this together. If you're here by yourself, um, just spend some time with the Lord. Or if you want to grab a friend, you can do that. Um, but just ask yourself some questions about this summer. Um, and there's three things in particular that I just uh, really feel like we should kind of ponder this morning and encourage you to write these down. Um, so write the answers to these down. So the first one is, where is God placing me this summer? So you can do this really practically, just look at your summer and say, okay, where am I spending the majority of my time? You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, you're just continuing with work and things like that. Maybe you're like, well, I have a really busy summer. You know, I'm helping out with VBS. I'm helping out with Manheim Project, all these different areas. Um, and just evaluate that and then ask yourself, am I spiritually prepared for what the Lord is calling me into? Have I spent time in his presence asking for his heart for the things that he's calling me to? Um, or even just asking, okay, Lord, is this where you want me this summer? Like, is this where you want me spending my time, spending my energy? There's something about inviting God into our planning process, inviting him into that season of, uh, of looking and saying, okay, you know, this is where I'm going, Lord. Is this where you want me to go? Is this what you want me to focus on? Um, the second question, who am I focusing on in this season? So once again, just being really honest before the Lord and saying, okay, God, who do you want me to focus on? Like, who is, who is the person that you want me to, to, to really spend time with, to really be intentional with in this season? Um, maybe you don't have someone that comes to mind. And then it's just getting creative and saying, all right, Lord, like maybe there isn't someone, maybe you don't have someone that doesn't know the Lord that God is calling you to be intentional with, but maybe it's something where you're going to take a step going to find something that you can do with someone that doesn't know God um, and look for that opportunity to share. And then just the last question to think about here. Um, when you get to August, so the end of August, your summer has gone past. What do you want to say about your summer? What is the thing that you want to be able to look back and say, all right, this is what God did this summer. Um, just, and you can ask for the Lord's heart in that. Um, and once again, this this could look like um, your summer is full of like ministry opportunities. It could look like the Lord is saying, hey, I'm calling you to a season of rest and restoration and getting ready for the next thing. And both of those are amazing. Um, but it takes that intentionality of asking, not just assuming that we know what he's calling us into next. So uh, several weeks ago, Pastor Merle was speaking on um, just guarding our hearts. Um, and one of the things that stuck out to me was guarding our hearts through transition. And I just encourage you as we go into the summer to guard your heart, guard what God has been doing in your life lately. Don't get distracted. Don't get so busy or uh, just settled in that you forget what God has, what he's been doing. Um, don't allow yourself. Uh, oftentimes it does open the door for like offense or it does open the door for other things when you go through transition. So just spend that time really being intentional with, all right, God, like I want to be um, available to what you want to do. And I want to guard my heart against anything that would come in and get in the way of what you want to do this summer. So I want to just close uh, this part as we go into just this time of reflection, just by reading through um, what the first verse I read about uh, living with zeal in Romans. And just think about this over your summer. Think about this as an action for your summer. So once again, this is Romans 12, 9 through 13. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, 
but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So we're going to go into just a time of worship. Um, but like I said, I just encourage you, if you haven't prayed about your summer, if you haven't spent time thinking about these things, um, and maybe, Micah, we can just put those questions back up there, uh, just spend some time praying either by yourself or with your spouse and asking intentionally, all right, Lord, what do you have for me this summer? Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.